Our scripture reading for this morning comes from Ephesians chapter 1. You can find it on your, in your pew Bibles on page 1817, Ephesians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So far the reading. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the songs that we've been singing, for children's messages, for calls to worship that come from your word. Lord, this is all part of our praise to you, but it's also how you shape us and how you form us. So I pray that this will all sink deeply into our hearts and souls and minds to shape us more and more into who you're calling us to be. And I pray that the words which will be spoken now, may they be your words, not mine. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you like playing games? I see lots of hands. How many of you like playing games where you have to pick teams? Yeah, that's that's a lot fewer hands I see. You see, I didn't mind playing games where where you pick teams, especially if they were athletic games, because I was pretty good at sports. It may not look like it now, but at one time I was a lot better and a lot slimmer. But I had a really good friend. Athletics was not his best thing. And he hated it. Because it made him feel rotten. 
because he would never get chosen. You know the last two people? You know, they don't get chosen. They get told, okay, you go on that team and you go on that team. And that's what happened to him. So he never really felt when we were playing those games that, that he was wanted, that he was ever chosen. And it's the same for us as adults. You know, we have to find jobs. And, and, and when you go find a job, you, you're going up against all kinds of other people and, and you have to bring something different, something special to make sure that you're going to get chosen. Having just gone it, through it with you seven months ago, um, those are hard times, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what can I offer so that she'll choose me? And then those of you who are students, you know what I hate about school nowadays? Is they make you do group projects. Now, it's not so bad when the teacher kind of picks a group, but if you've got to pick your own group, if you're somebody like me, I could never really find a group. I, I just... I found it really hard to say, can I be part of your group? Because I was never really chosen for groups in school. You know, it really, when we talk about being chosen, we're talking about election, about being elected, about being chosen. We just went through an election where we chose people to lead us as our leaders in our country. But some people don't get chosen. And that's what makes it really hard. We're talking about being chosen this morning. We're talking about election. And I'm going to come straight out, right from the very beginning, that God chooses us that you have been chosen by God and there are no conditions attached at all. You don't have to bring anything to the table. And that is really important because I have walked alongside so many people who have come from such broken past and they find it so hard to think that God might choose them. And when I look at my own past, I was never really a rotten person, but I never really cared about God for a long time because I never really thought that God cared about me. But it wasn't, it wasn't me who found my way back to God. It was God sticking somebody into my life that said, hey, do you really believe about God? And then I had to really think about that. But it was God coming after me. And that's at the heart of unconditional election, that God chooses us first simply because he loves us. We don't do anything to earn it. Jacob Arminius, you know, he was the... the the teacher at the University of Leiden that, that said, you know what, I wrestle with this. And he wrestled because of God's justice. He said, you know what, if God chooses us first, that means we can kind of do whatever we want and kind of just say, well, you know what, God chooses us and he loves us and he accepts us, so 
you know what? It doesn't matter what I do. And there's no justice in that, especially if you do what's always wrong, if you're always hurting somebody else. He says, why would God choose people like that? And the problem is, even in churches, we hurt each other. Even in churches, we do things that push people away. So Jacob Arminius said, you know what? This unconditional election, I have a hard time with that. So he taught, you know what? Through faith, Christ's righteousness would be applied to us. God elects believing sinners and rejects unbelieving sinners. The new covenant that God has made with us after the fall included the gift of all the means of grace that we need to believe in Christ to repent and to be saved. Kind of when you look at it, he's saying, you know what? Faith is a gift that we give to God. Whereas the reformers were saying, the the reformed church were saying, no, faith is a gift that we get from God. It comes down to, Jacob Arminius says, you know what? God is only going to choose those that he knows is going to believe. Election based on God knowing beforehand that we're going to choose to believe in Jesus. But that means it's up to us to believe. And, and then because we believe, we're chosen to be saved. Meaning that, that, that it's the sinner's choice of Jesus that saves us, not God's choice of sinners. And that's important. See, we know in our hearts that we really can't choose Jesus first. Adam and Eve, they walked with God in the cool of the evening. And even though they walked with him every evening, they still chose against God and for themselves. How many of you have had moments in your life where you said, God, if you do this, then I'll do this in return? I have. I'm telling God I'm going to choose him only if he gives me something in return. I'm placing conditions on choosing God. And if God doesn't give me what I want, you know what? Maybe I'll bargain with you next time again. And maybe then if you give me what I want, I'll choose you. It's kind of at the heart of who we are as people. Even when we choose someone to love, there's always this idea of what am I getting back in return? And that's hard. It's hard because you always wonder deep in your heart, why would God choose me? Why would he bother? He knows my heart even better than I know it. And that means we don't get no peace. There's no comfort in thinking we have to choose God first. 
there's no hope. Because when we're honest, we know our own hearts. The you in TULIP stands for unconditional election. God choosing us not for any reason at all, but simply because he loves us. And that's comfort and peace. Paul says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestines us for adoption to, 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 child, to sonship, to, to, to being a child through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Do you hear that comfort? He chose us before the creation of the world. In love, he's predestined us to be his children. We've been given his glorious grace. It's all about God choosing us way before we could ever choose him. We don't have to fear that we don't measure up because we don't. That's what the whole total depravity was about last week. But God loves us anyway. That's why he sent Jesus. He sent Jesus because we don't measure up. He sent Jesus so that his blood would wash us clean on that cross. He sent Jesus to teach us and to call us back again and again to the Father who loves us without conditions. He says, I'm measuring up for you so you don't have to worry, so you don't have to have fear. See, God says, you know what? You belong. You're mine. I choose you as my child to be a princess and a prince in my kingdom. But that comfort and hope, they go even deeper. See, theology and, and, and doctrine, they have to be practical. They have to make a difference in our day-to-day life because otherwise, you know what? It's only chasing after the wind. It's just blabbering all over the place without a whole lot of purpose. And you know what? Our church has blabbered a lot about doctrine and theology. We fight about all kinds of different stuff, and it separates instead of draws us closer together, and it, it pulls us away from God. That's why when you look at doctrine and theology, always look for the, uh, how it makes a difference in your life. And, and, and the, the canons of Dort... What I love about them so much is this, is this has to make a difference in your day-to-day life. This was written at a time where, where there, was a lot of, there was a lot of babies that died at birth or in, in infancy. There's a lot of mothers who carried children and, and, and then they miscarried. And it was for lots of reasons, disease and, and malnourishment and, and all kinds of different reasons. And, and listen to what the Belgian confession, what the Canons of Dort has to say. 
Since we must make judgments about God's will from his word, which testifies that the children of believers are holy, not by nature, but by virtue of the gracious covenant in which they together with their parents are included, godly parents ought not to doubt the election and salvation of their children, whom God calls out of this life in infancy. don't have to worry that if your baby dies before it gets baptized. You don't have to worry if your baby dies before it can even be born. Because God's chosen that child already. My nephew Aaron died from sudden infant death syndrome at just a few months old. But it goes even further than that. My brother, Glennie, he was, mentally, he was mentally disabled. He had autism. He had cerebral palsy. He had epilepsy. His mind was never right. He never spoke. He never said a word that we understood. Cannons and Dort says, he's chosen by God. He's loved by God. He is precious in God's sight. He belongs. Canons of Dort are the only confession I know that talk about things like that. I talk about tiny babies belonging to God. And for this alone, I love this more than any other confession that's around. The writers of the canon say, you know what, you teach election not to tell about who doesn't belong, but you tell it about election for the glory of God's most holy name and for the lively comfort of his people. Doctrine is not a club to be used to beat over somebody's head and to say you don't belong or you're wrong or you're messed up and, and, you, and God doesn't choose you. Doctrine always has to draw us to God, to a loving God, to a God who is gracious, to, to a God who sends his own son in Jesus Christ, to a God who loves us so much he dies for us. It's a gift of hope and comfort, to offer people the hope that God chooses them even though they don't deserve it, even though they don't measure up and can never measure up. I think of people like Mother Teresa. She was comfortable teaching school, but she hears this call to the slums of Calcutta. Now, I've never been to the slums of Calcutta, but I've been to the slums of Kampala and the slums of Nairobi. And people there live in squalor like you can't believe. They are fortunate if they have three walls and a roof. There are communities of thousands of people that, that share a dozen taps for running water. Where your toilet is a hole on the edge of town, and if you can't make it, it's right behind your shed. Mother Teresa went to people who were, who were sick, who were broken in body and soul and spirit. 
People who were rejected and told they are worthless. And you know why they're worthless? Because of what you are. You're sick. You, you got sores all over you. You're contagious. That shows that the gods don't love you. The gods have rejected you. And Mother Teresa comes and says, no, God loves you. Jesus loves you so much he came to die for you. God loves you so much. He accepts you for who you are right now. And what's even more special is that God loves you so much he gives you his Holy Spirit so you don't have to stay who you are so that you can become more and more who God's calling you to be. That's a gift of belonging. Taz' devotional reads, God chose us from our mother's womb, from the very beginning, before we even had the time or opportunity to do or to deserve anything. God says an unconditional yes to the people he calls his servant whom he redeemed from harsh slavery and who now belong to him. He also says this yes to each one of us. He becomes a source of a life that satisfies our thirst for recognition and love, that can spring up even in the midst of our deserts and will never run dry. When we become aware of God's yes, we become witnesses to this belonging and we sing his praises just as the witnesses in this text, this text from Ephesians do. We become able to make our own the joyful song that Brother Rogers proposes in our soul. I belong to Christ. I am Christ. One of the reasons I came back to Jesus was because I was looking for a place to belong. I was looking for, for some place that would accept me for who I was. And the only place I found it was in Jesus. And that brought me on a path that took me back to God and to the church. And I'm thankful because he hasn't stopped working in me since. He never's given up. See, unconditional election is life-changing. It leads to, to lives of gratitudes, to lives of hope, to lives of peace. Because of God's grace and love. But the next question after realizing that we're chosen by God is, what are we chosen for? We're not just chosen for eternal life. We're not chosen so that we can sit on clouds and play harps forever and ever and ever. We're not chosen for the future. We're chosen for right now. Richard Mao writes, God elects us to participate in a covenant community that shows forth his sovereign rule over all areas of life. We're chosen to be part of a community of believers that brings the hope of Jesus into the world. The Apostle Peter, an early church leader, writes, 
You know, you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a priesthood who, who intercedes between God and, 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 and people, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you might declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. But we're called to declare our praises so that the world sees, the world hears. We're chosen to share our faith in Jesus with others so that they can come to know the God who loves them so deeply because he's chosen them to be his precious children. We're chosen to live together as a family of God to give the world a glimpse of what the kingdom of heaven is all about. Which is why, because of the amazing grace of unconditional election, we follow Jesus with all our heart. We live together in love. We serve and live humble lives of loving service. And we praise God and share our faith in Jesus Christ. So that all those in our lives can know of God's unconditional love for them as well. Amen. Father, we talk about doctrine and we talk about theology and we sometimes use big words. But Lord, today it comes down to you love us. You love us and you call us to be yours. You chose us way before we could choose you. So Lord, I pray for those who are sitting here this morning who are wondering if they can ever measure up. Lord, may they feel your presence. May they feel your love deep inside their hearts and souls so that they can know that they are already chosen that they are beloved by you. And may that shape us as we leave here today. Amen.